0: This particular movie was probably like a mixed blessing for you. Uh, Howard the Duck?
1: Howard the Duck is an awesome movie. Awesome! I'm surprised that I didn't get an Academy Award nomination for that. Um, yeah, well, uh, Howard the Duck. <laughs> People get all excited about thinking I'm going to be really upset if they mention it, but it's a very famous movie for, uh, you know, it's got a huge cult following. It's crazy. Someone was telling me how much I could probably sell my costumes on eBay from Howard the Duck. I have all the costumes. Really? Yeah. I have every one of them. And someone was like, I was like, my kids play in those clothes. And they're like, Ugh. it's a huge cult following for, for Howard the Duck. I mean, people love things that everybody puts down. They like to be, And a lot of my fan mail starts out with, I'm the only one who liked Howard the Duck. I liked it. It was okay. My kids couldn't watch it as soon as I got in bed with that duck. They got all scared. They are like, Mom! Gross, you're kissing a duck! (laughs) Um, It was not a great movie uh, at all, but, um, you know, there's so many flops. There are so many flops. And uh, so many dog-bomb disasters. It's kind of cool that my biggest dog-bomb disaster, which you know, coincidentally was in the same year that I had the biggest movie of the entire year. I went from the biggest movie to the biggest flop. It was a real good lesson in Hollywood.
0: Welcome back to a brand new episode of Not A Bomb Podcast. Brad, not only are we back talking about movies, but my voice is at like 98% back.
2: You don't sound like a a woman who has been smoking cigarettes her whole entire life. (laughs) I know. Good job. Yes, and it's
0: super important for my voice to be back for this episode. So it's my pick, and we're kicking this month off talking about comic book movies that bombed. Believe it or not, there was a time when comic book movies didn't do so hot. And look, if we're going to talk about comic book material, anything comic book related, we got to bring back Mister Korean Cool himself, our good friend John. How are you tonight, John? Doing great, guys. How's it going? I'm I'm so excited about tonight's oh, yeah. episode. So <laughs> do you
2: do you know what else is, makes tonight special? What's that? Today is our two year anniversary. Our official two year anniversary. It, it is really,
3: yeah. Wow,
0: wrap. We're old. Yeah. No, speak for
3: yourself. <laughs> yeah. No, we're, we're old. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. I'm old. Uh, no, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this. Uh, John, I know you are like all things of the printed material. Um, you've actually, when we go to Baltimore comic con, you introduced me to so many different things that I didn't even know about. Um, and, and full disclosure, I'm a Marvel boy. I mean, I collect still to this day, so many Marvel comics. Uh, John, this was an episode that you wanted to come on, so I got I got to start here. Uh, I am an unabashed Howard the Duck comic book fan. I got to know where you land on this property.
3: Oh yeah, huge fan of the uh, original Howard the Duck series. Um, definitely a because this came out when I was born. Um, but after I discovered it, it was it was just awesome. And yeah, the history that Howard the Duck has not only in a Marvel universe, uh, talk about that later. Um, it's just crazy. Yeah. It's just absolutely crazy.
0: It, it is. It's, it's a insane property. Now, Brad, I gotta ask you, cause I know you like comic books. Did you ever dip your toes into the original 70 series? Uh, or is just Howard, the duck just out there Howard
2: the duck starts in 1986 for me.
0: Oh, with the film. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I think it's time to give you a little education about Howard the duck and, and John's going to help me out on this. So one of the things we need to say right out of the gate, the film that we're going to talk about tonight really has nothing to do with the source material. Is that, is that a fair assessment, John?
3: Uh, No, there's, there's some, um, interweaving from the source material within the movie,
0: but it
3: well, is, well,
2: actually, Troy. <laughs> well,
0: I, I'm going to say challenge, and I'm and I'm going to say that maybe they borrowed some characters, couple of names, but when you think about the original Howard the Duck series, tone and all, how close is the film to the original series? Oh, it's
3: it's not even close. It's not even
0: close. Okay.
3: Well, so me- Howard
2: the Duck is like a satire, correct? Is that mostly the tone that it it goes into?
3: Yeah, so, so, uh, social and political satire. Yes, um, you know, subtle under- undertones, and then just definitely outright, you know, in your face overtones. But or, um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what the gist was.
0: Do you do you remember? Was there a particular issue uh, or a time that you discovered Howard the Duck? I, I know the exact issue that I first read and I was like, what the heck is this? And fell in love with it. But, but do you remember that for Brad, it was the movie, but what about you, John, from the comic uh, series?
3: For me, it was, um, it, it was definitely the comic book. Um, Cause again, my dad used to call out comics, um, just odds and all you know, different things. Um, it was, um, which was it? Issue number three.
0: Yes. That's the or, one. Yeah. I was, I, I just assumed it was that one.
3: Yeah, and then uh, shortly after that, uh, a couple of year or about a year after that, then the movie came out. And
0: um yeah, that that's all she wrote.
2: Okay, nerds, what
0: was issue number 3? Issue number 3 is The Master of quack Fu, yeah. So, okay. it satirized Shang-Chi. So, I had found like issue number 3 and and it was all tore up in a comic book bin, and I'm like, "What the hell is this?" And from there, I went and just collected everything. So, my my introduction to comics was two series it was the Defenders, the original Defenders, and uh, Weird War, which was a DC title. The third comic that I started collecting and went through and got everything that was out there was Howard the Duck. So, um, and, and just a little background. So, Howard the Duck was created by writers Steve Gerber and penciler Val Merrick in Adventure Into Fear. So, his debut was issue 19, which came out December 1973. And John, he was, he was, he was a secondary character. Like he just shows up for a few panels because in the story, like all of our worlds are coming together and, and there's a whole, you know, wizard plot and, and there's some bad guys and Howard, the duck shows up. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, that that's where man thing, uh, is, is really center stage and adventure into fear. And then he graduated to sort of what would you call him, John, like um, backup stories or stories kind of at the end of giant size man thing. So he was in a couple of issues like four and five in 1975. And he was confronting um, these horror parody characters like Garko, the man frog and Bessie, the, how- the hell cow. That was like a, yeah, a cow, cow from devil or something from, yeah. uh, from, from hell. They yeah.
3: Had to exercise her. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh
0: And then he gets his own comic book series in 1976. So the original 1976 run was, and and Gerber would always describe it as an existentialist social satire. So that's how he described it. Now, if if you're cool, if you're in the cool club, you have the Howard the Duck omnibus uh, from Marvel, which is, it collects um, all the Man-Thing issues and then the first 33 issue run. I want to read something that Gerber wrote in 2008, and this will give you a sense of what the comic books were like. Okay. So Howard railed against Kung Fu revenge films at the height of their popularity. Howard made merciless fun of bogus cult leaders and their doe eyed followers. Howard ridiculed the bodice ripping romance novel fad when publishers everywhere were attempting to imitate it in America's bicentennial, bicentennial year. Howard took the political parties, their cookie-cutter candidates, the media, and willfully ignorant voters to task for the way our leaders were chosen. As a minority of one sentient waterfowl in the world of hairless apes, his term for humans, he challenged intolerance on every front, merrily upending hypocritical crusaders for decency, anti-gay bigots, racial and species prejudice, an opposing great lumbering force that is conformity itself. He made mockery of the corporate mindset, battled conglomerate, the rampaging 800 pound big business gorilla and made one of the earliest pop culture statements against movie marketing run amok. And I believe in fact, in 1976 his uh, satire of the political system got him a bunch of write-in candidates. And so uh, cause Howard was running for president. That year and people were writing it in. So I, I don't know what to add to that, John. I mean, if you want to give some additional context, Howard the Duck for being published by a big comic book conglomerate just didn't fit the bill of other stuff. <laughs> See what I did there? There's a duck duck pun. <laughs> it didn't fit yeah. the
2: bill. He was of, running a foul of something. He sorry? was running a
0: foul oh. um, at the time. <laughs> and in his series was making fun of the things that Marvel was putting out, what was going on in the U S the political system, everything else. And uh, if you were reading it as a kid, I think you were enamored with the fact that, you know, Howard was teaming up with Spider-Man in his first issue and all these people would, would show up. I, I think even the man thing um, series, I remember correctly, like black widow and daredevil are swinging through dimensions or, or something of that nature. Yeah. Um, So there's all these references to other Marvel heroes, but at its core, It was about Howard and Beverly and their relationship, but more about Howard just making fun of stuff and um, commenting on what was going on. I mean, what else would you add to that?
3: No, I mean, that's that's pretty much spot on. I mean, going back to the like you said, the 1976 uh, presidential uh, satire, um, you know, in the comic book, it was called the uh, all night party. Yes, that's right. Yeah, the all night party. He got he got thousands of write in votes. But yeah, I mean, he, he he. It was interesting that the history, I mean, like you said, uh, started in 1976, and it went through issue number one, and it ended with 31. And then after a seven-year hiatus.
0: Oh, that's right. Two issues came out to kind of conclude the story. Yeah,
3: number 32 and number 33 uh, come out. From there, it, it was just like an explosion of, you know, nonsensical, but sensical. You know, he was everywhere. I mean... Howard the Duck, um, everyone kind of wanted him. He even did a a DC crossover. I don't know if you ever remember Lobo the Duck.
0: Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah,
3: yeah, Lobo the Duck. Uh, He he was in Marvel Age, What the, um, Adventures in the Fear, of course, and Man-Thing, like you said. Um, And then I found this little tidbit up doing, you know, some, because I was like, okay, now that Comic-Con is a couple months away. Let me add to my shopping list without telling my wife. Uh, He was in the Elvira comics.
0: Yeah, he's, was
3: he printed with Claypool, uh, Claypool Publishing, or something like that?
0: Yeah, he did a Deadpool limited series, so it was Howard the Duck and Deadpool crossover, like yep. Dead Duck or um, something of that nature. That was that was twenty seventeen. wasn't too far along.
3: Yeah, it wasn't too far along because yeah, he was in even Marvel Zombies. Yes, he was in that. Um, I think his best appearance in in the most recent times was 20, 2019 Spider Man Annual because they brought back Spider Ham.
0: Yes, Peter
3: Porter. So, that's that's definitely on my shopping list when we go back to comic-con but yeah i mean they also tried a they actually did a newspaper strip yes from 1977 to 1978
0: It got it got pulled um it got pulled because um gerber and i think uh merrick couldn't meet the deadlines so it was, yes. it was super popular but they couldn't hit the deadlines and they eventually had to drop it
3: yeah yeah gerber was notoriously late um to the fact that i think it was issue was it issue 13 it <laughs> it was it picks up from the picks up uh from the annual um for howard the duck yes. right but then it says you know uh, picking up from the last issue but the next issue is not ready until the next issue so here's a bunch of my writings that i'm just going to write a bunch of stories about yeah <laughs> it was it was really odd but pretty fascinating to kind of look into that the, i mean
0: there was also um the howard the duck uh, comic magazine that was out about the yes. same time too so yeah. that that's a great read as well. I yeah, highly recommend and his that.
3: his evolution in twenty twenty was it twenty fifteen where he came back out as the private investigator.
0: Yeah, he did a limited series. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, I think at that time Marvel was doing you know six, 12 issues of something they would stop and reboot it. But yeah, he he yeah. came back so, as yeah. a private investigator.
3: Yeah, they re released a series and then yeah. midway through they re re released another series for Howard the Duck. So it, it was it was kind of crazy, um, but. His his popularity amongst many different publishers, and just up to this to this day, I mean, you, you talked about it earlier. Uh, his his end stories. He was like a few chapters at the end. I mean, mm-hmm. if you stop and think about it, he was starting to bring in really those first Marvel Easter eggs that we all know and love in the movies, right? <laughs> he was there to kind of give you a little something extra.
0: Yeah, and I, I guess it would be fair to say, so if anybody's not familiar with the movie we're talking about tonight or not familiar with the comic book series, and, and you're only familiar with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, he made an appearance in Guardians of the Galaxy. So he's sort of a, a what was it, a final credit sequence? He's, he's yes. in the background of something, but you you see him at the end. Um, he has showed up. I mean, if you pause it and you look for him, you can see him in Avenger Endgame uh, fighting all the bad guys best still there is. Yeah, and I <laughs> think he is mentioned or he kind of comes up in the uh animated Marvel What Ifs series. Yep. Uh so he's he's slowly being introduced at some at at one point Hulu was developing an animated series for Howard the Duck, but it got canceled cuz I think Hulu's canceling most of their Marvel animated stuff. Uh, but Howard is is kind of here, he's in the background. And and we'll talk about this when we talk about the movie, but I don't know about you guys. I don't think Disney as a studio really knows what to do with Howard the Duck.
2: I don't know what you do with Howard the Duck. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> what are what are Howard's powers? Is it nothing just quack foo? He just knows quack he foo. A, it don't don't.
0: Be blasphemous really he, he is, is the, master the master of quack, of quack food. food dude oh, sorry sorry guys sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you don't you don't take that shit lightly right if you watch issue three he he fucks up some people Forgive so excuse my language but dude yeah yeah
3: I, I mean I, I think Disney it's really tough for Disney now right I mean you, you think about it I mean what was Howard the Duck you know really to me you know what really enthralled me with that series was satire taking yeah. a look making fun of people and like you say from cults to politicians to just you know just complete idiots um how does disney really do that without them going oh oh, that looks like us you know yeah it's 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 a a hard thing to do now
0: for a company that doesn't want to offend anybody howard the duck is the wrong property to put out there right yeah yeah uh but let's let's talk about the film we're here to talk about movies that bombed So, Howard the Duck, which was, and we'll get into the development, a little bit of a brainchild of this guy who made this uh, space wizard film, Star Wars. Uh, He brought it to the big screen. But when it got released, it didn't do so hot, right, Brad? So, you want to go through the background and talk about when this thing got released, how it was received. And, oh, my goodness, I am hoping there is a review from our favorite website, too.
2: Not from that one, but I did find another Christian. Oh, good, good, it, good. So. All right, cool. <laughs> <clears throat> so released uh, August first, nineteen eighty-six, with a reported budget of somewhere between thirty and thirty-seven million dollars. I saw thirty-seven million dollars uh, verified, so we'll go with that. Um, its box office return domestically sixteen point two five million dollars, Ooh. and internationally. Rakes in $21.67 million for roughly $38 million return. So essentially it breaks even on production. Um, not what you want to do. Um, opening weekend, it comes in at third place with five million dollars, pretty much even that's behind um a film called Aliens. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and in Friday the 13th, part six, Jason lives is, uh, number two at the box office that week. Um, <laughs> rotten tomatoes, not too kind to Mr. Duck here, uh, sits at a 14% with the critics.
0: Damn you. 38,
2: Internet. 38% with the audience.
0: Damn you audience.
2: So like I teased earlier, no love for movie guide. But there's another one called Common Sense Media.
0: So these um, these are our
2: Christian
0: websites who review movies, right?
2: Yes. Okay. Yes. So what parents need to know about Howard the Duck? Yes. Parents need to know that through this PG film derived from a Marvel comic superhero spoof, it is in no sorts a duck land, a no ducks land of an audience demographic with the animal costumed main character and childish sci-fi and rock and roll attitude mixed with satire, violence, PG 13 raunch better appropriate for grownups. Howard smokes and drinks. He reads the equivalent of pornography. Yeah. It's Playboy. It's not pornography. play. Duck,
0: play duck. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, we have clues that he is sexually active with a number of lady ducks <laughs> and nearly has a sex scene with a scantily clad, dressed human heroine. Yeah. Yes, he does. Oh, yes, yeah. he does. Yeah. There's light swearing and police as dumb as goons prevail among the stereotypes. What does that sentence even mean? I feel like really? this website, okay. if you Hold portray on.
0: the police as bad, it sounds like this website doesn't like that.
2: There is light swearing, comma, yeah. and police as dumb goons prevail among the stereotypes. Okay. That's that's just a clunky sense. Younger kids might be disturbed by the villains monster mutations. Huh? Is it any good? (laughs) I I like this part. Uh, I'll just read a snippet out of this blah, 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 blah. But how are the duck is just one big empty duck dropping with obnoxious or sorry, bird dropping with obnoxious characters. Tinny, tinny, 1980s synth pop music, heavy drinking party, death race monsters and thrill free car chase scene, bad taste gags. My God, this website grammar is terrible. And then they mentioned something about Tim Robbins, but whatever. They said this movie should not be seen by little kids. Um, Yeah, they're not as good as movie guide, but there is something out there.
0: Yeah, I don't like that website. Yeah, their grammar is shit. Yeah, Uh, not a fan.
3: (laughs) Brad, um, you te- you text me to their site. I recommend them the movie Sadness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, wow. Okay. okay. Yeah.
2: And lastly, mm-hmm. oh boy, here we go. Films you could see August of 1986. Here we go.
0: Sure, there's some bangers. 86 is a big is. big year.
2: All right, so I already said Uh, Friday the 13th, Park City, Jason Lives, Castle in a Sky, One Crazy Summer, Stand By Me, one of my favorite movies of all times, The Transformers, the movie, Armed and Dangerous, The Fly, Manhunter, uh, Extremities, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Born American, Bullies, Shanghai, Surprise. Wow.
0: There there are some bangers in that month, man. Holy yeah. cow. Holy That's some good crap. stuff. That's wow. the good days. The good, <laughs> the old, good days. old days. Yeah. Uh yeah, I was living in the movie theaters uh August 1986. So huh. let's talk about the people behind the camera and in front of the camera. We're going to start with the director Willard uh Willard Hike. So he's hasn't done a lot of movies. Obviously, actually, Howard the Duck was the last film he directed in 1986. Before that, he did a movie in 1973 called Messiah of Evil. Have either of you guys seen this film? I have. Rings a bell. Yeah, it's it's a moody little atmospheric piece. I'll I'll say this: it I really enjoy it. Uh, I think it's one that for a long time it was hard to find, but now there are enough DVD and Blu-ray. Isn't it
2: Marion Hill? Yeah. And
0: yeah, yeah, it it feels like an American, um, I don't know, Italian horror film. So they're they're really borrowing heavy from maybe the 70s Italian horror films. Uh, It's really good. Now he follows that up with a film called French Postcards in 1979. There has never been a title to a movie like French Postcards that makes me not want to see that film. (laughs) Just those two words, French Postcards sound like the most boring film ever made. So I know nothing about this, but. I can tell you, I will continue to know nothing about this because I don't want to see a film called French Postcards. He follows oh, that. How
2: I really feel about a yes,
0: He follows that up with a film, uh, and John, I I know you've seen this, Brad. I'll be curious if you've seen this one. It stars Dudley Moore and Eddie Murphy. And Best it's from nineteen eighty four. Best Defense. <laughs> yes. Have Have you seen this one, Brad?
2: No. Oh, my
0: Lord. Oh, it's bombed. Oh,
2: I'm sorry. I haven't seen Best of the Deadly More.
0: Yeah, it's an Eddie. It's an early Eddie Murphy project that totally bombed. But it was one of those films. I don't know about you, John, on cable TV, especially like HBO. It was on, oh, I feel like two or three times a day. Oh, yeah. It was just on. I had to watch it. Yeah. So I honestly, I can't remember if it's any good. I just remember liking it because it was on all the time. And it was just one of those background movies growing up.
3: It it definitely had its moments. It wasn't the greatest, but it was funny. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I I think so. It bombed. It bombed a big time. Maybe we'll talk about it at some point. And he follows that bomb up with 1986's Howard the Duck. Now, the writers on this, we've already talked about it. It's based on the character created by Steve Gerber. Um, Willard also wrote the screenplay to this with his wife, Gloria Katz.
2: Okay. So that's why they work together so much. Yes. They're married. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Let's talk about some of the films that they worked on as screenwriters, starting with now Willard had done the devil's eight, uh, in 1968. I don't know much about that one. Um, Messiah of evil. He wrote, uh, with Gloria and then he was a director. They followed that up same year with the screenplay for American graffiti. Okay. So this is, you know, working with George Lucas, right? They do, they both do Lucky Lady in 1975. In 1977, now uncredited, Willard is a script doctor on a little film called Star Wars. Okay. So he goes in and, and punches it up a little bit. Uh, both of them work on this, I, I'm going to just call it a crappy film French Postcards, 1979. Never seen it, but that title sounds terrible. Uh, they they then so work as they're doing best defense in 1984. They're also working on another little blockbuster called Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. So they're screenwriters for that. They do Howard the Duck, and then uh, I believe they both work on another George Lucas produced film, uh, Radio Land Murders from 1994. Oh yeah, that's right. Which yeah. isn't too bad. I, I I can't I can't go out there and say. Run out there and watch that thing. I enjoyed it when I saw it in the theater. It's—I I, want to say the—the the actor is Brian Benben. He was doing a uh, TV show on HBO, Dream On. Is that right, John?
3: I believe so. I believe so. Yes.
0: Yeah. So it's—it's a fun little kind of mystery comedy. Um, again, this is about the time that uh, Lucas was really trying to get into. Production and get his movies out there versus directing, writing, etc. Cinematography for Howard the Duck is done by Richard H. Klein. You're like, who's that guy? Well, he was nominated twice for an Academy Award for Best Cinematography for Camelot in 1968 and King Kong in 1976. He also was the cinematographer on Star Trek, the motion picture in 79. And this is, uh, this is a little call out for our friends over at the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. Death Wish 2 in 1982 he was the cinematographer for that which by they the way also
2: that, for double impact as well
0: Jean-Claude that's right <laughs> um music which I'm sure we'll talk about as well by John Barry Sylvester Levy and songs by Thomas Dolby now Brad you learned something Thomas Dolby is not related to the guy who who created not Dolby Ray sound Dolby <laughs> not, no who's Ray Dolby no. Brad uh,
2: he's the uh. Dolby digital sky
0: Dolby not Dolby 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 you keep saying Dolby Dolby.
2: no out of the way Dolby (laughs) it's my it's my it's my southern it's It's your southern it's my Dolby 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 get over here
3: (laughs) now now question is this this is the same John Barry we talked about a couple episodes back uh uh Black Hole yep same guy
2: Ah, motherfucker (laughs)
0: that's right John, I, I love the fact that you remember that. There you go. Okay.
2: <laughs> John, I hate the fact that you remember that. <laughs>
0: so this is a Lucasfilms movie. That's the production company. The special effects were done by industrial light and magic. Now, I thought I knew everything about Howard the Duck because I just, full disclosure, I love this film. Um, and what I love about doing the podcast is when I do a little bit of research Rewatching the film, going through the stuff that's on, you know, the extras, uh, reading articles about it. I try and go back and look at what were the critics thinking too, like Siskel and Ebert hated this thing. It's kind of comical. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I totally forgot about this fact, or maybe I never knew it. And I'm saying, I totally forgot about this fact. Cause I want to sound smart. So Howard, the duck, without Howard, the duck, we wouldn't have the matrix. We, we just wouldn't. And you're like, Troy, that sounds crazy. Hear me out. Look, um, when they were filming this scene in Howard the Duck, in the beginning, there is this Howard being picked up by this cosmic ray.
2: Oh, the the, the chair. Why the chair? chair. The chair is
0: going through this hallway. It's tearing up this building, etc. And what had happened was um, Hollywood was trying to get the technique of getting wires out of the film, right? So there's this whole analog process. So there's there's this traditional analog method of hiding wires. And so when they filmed all of this, they tried to apply that to the sequence and it didn't work. Okay. They're like, man, we still see the wires. Um, the, the Hong Kong film studios were doing it so much better, but even their wires weren't as intricate and thick as what was being used for this entire sequence. So in the Industrial Light and Magic, there's there's this group of guys, right? And they were working on, and, and they were the part of the graphics group. They were working on a program called Layer Paint. And basically, Layer Paint was being used on these early Pixar image computers. The program was modified and used specifically to hide wires that were being used within the special effects and stunt work. And so as soon as Howard the Duck gets released and ILM goes, yeah, we got this new program, Layer Paint, all of the studios run out and they start using this technology. Soon, all these studios are using it in movies like Back to the Future 2 and Terminator 2 Judgment Day, and it runs all the way up to the Matrix, right? So Matrix is very heavy with its wire foo, but the technology that the Matrix is using all goes back to Howard the Duck because that's where they pretty much developed and perfected digital wire erasure. So that's what we've got to thank Howard the Duck for. I am so glad you
3: mentioned that because that was definitely one thing I was going to mention. Yeah, they were the pioneers and um, the father of digitally removing wires from the film. So no matter what uh, you folks think of the movie, you must bow down to that
2: fact. Exactly. Did you know that, Brad? I, I did not. I did not. And I'm, but I did know that Phil Tippett worked on The Monster at the very end, and Phil Tippett is a huge stop-motion guy. Yes. I mean, he's Jurassic Park, he's RoboCop, he's Star Wars. I mean, Phil is the kind of guy when it comes to he was a modern stop-motion. Yeah, master.
0: Absolutely. And that's the incredible thing about this film. It is very special effects heavy, but when you go back and look at the people that worked on this and even the technology that came out of this – we wouldn't have a lot of our modern classics like the matrix without Howard the duck. So as, as John said, regardless of what you think about the film, the film is pretty revolutionary and pioneering in, in certain things. One other credit I want to talk about because this shows up in uh right at the, you know, as they start rolling the credits and you still see the movie going on and, and Howard and Leah Thompson are talking, there's a credit for duck coach. Did you guys see this? Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's it. Miles Chapin duck coach. So I'm like, what, what the hell does a duck coach do? And I'm expecting to research this guy and go, well, this is some zoologist or whatever. No, Miles Chapin is basically an actor. He's just an actor. And in addition to his acting career, he worked as a sales consultant for Steinway and son's piano manufacturers.
2: You mean you can't be a duck consultant full time in Hollywood?
0: Well, I would assume as a duck consultant, you would have had some kind of degree in duckology or whatever it is. No, this guy's an actor and apparently like pawned himself off as a duck coach.
2: Mm.
0: Well, he'd be making a killing now because there are a lot of quacks out there. Oh, Oh, yeah. We have some duck puns tonight. I'm excited. Mm. Let's talk about the people in front of the camera. We've got to start with the talented and lovely Leah Thompson as Beverly. Uh um yeah, you know, John, before you and I talk about this, Brad, what's your take on Leah Thompson?
2: I love Leah Thompson. And and Leah Thompson in the bed in the underwear made me the man that I am today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Just imagine that brown eye underneath Oh oh my! When did you
0: see this movie?
2: So funny thing is, we've done a lot of movies. So I've I've talked about this before, but we had a woman. I watched a lot of us neighborhood kids while our parents worked
0: mm-hmm.
2: and she had like a rotation of about eight movies. One of those was solar babies. Oh boy. One of those was legend. Okay. With Tom, Cruise. Tom Cruise. One of those was Indiana Jones temple of doom. One of those was Howard the duck. I've seen Howard the duck no less than 500 times because wow. we watched those movies on rotation. I don't know why specifically she had those and like we would watch star wars but we watched howard the duck and solar babies way more than star wars i don't know what she was feeding us but um yeah so leah thompson kind of i i I saw that scene a lot as a six-year-old kid and it was like wow okay uh yeah i i think I, i think this is doing something for me
0: okay all right that's a that's a different take got it uh john thoughts on leah thompson um, she's
3: always been a beauty, um, loved almost everything she's done. Um, and what I really, truly admire her for, um, I think it was a 2019 interview. Um, they brought up Howard the Duck. She is hardcore
0: wanting to take the helm and direct a yeah, reboot. She, of the it, the Duck she has pitched this thing. She And yep. she's been directing since about 2006 now. Yeah, And she is passionate about directing a, a Howard the Duck reboot.
3: Yeah, Uh, and like I said, she's she's just she's she's definitely one of the most beautiful women to come out of Hollywood back then in the eighties. And Brad hit it that scene. um, I think I broke the pause button once and got in trouble for that. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm surprised you guys didn't
0: talk about all the right moves from 1983. That's the movie I fell in love with Leah Thompson in.
2: What what else, Troy? What else? (laughs) What else?
0: So Jaws 3D in 83, Mm, all the right moves in 83, Red Dawn in 1984 the wildlife in 84 back to the future in 85. Yeah.
2: So I, I'm going to run there. Boy. Yeah. I'm
0: going to say this Leah Thompson. Now we've talked about her looks and, and how gorgeous she is and everything else, but I got to say from an acting perspective, I've always liked her because she has an authentic girl next door uh, presence about her yep. and she's just fun to watch. Um, I, I think she's always been a great actress, but continuing uh space camp in 1986, So that came out the same year as Howard, the duck, Howard, the duck's a big bomb. So she follows that up with a little bit more uh, serious uh, material with some kind of wonderful and met
3: her future husband.
0: Yes, exactly. Now this one, Brad, (laughs) before the show, I had asked you about this film. You're like, I don't know what this movie is. And I made you research it. And I got to say this one, I think bombed as well. It gets a lot of, um, Terrible reviews. I kind of like it, but the only reason why I like this film is because of Leah Thompson. I think she's really good in this, but it's 1988's casual sex. And and Brad, oh, yeah. who does she hook up with in this film?
2: Hey, the dice man, because she's a whore. <laughs> hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey, Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. Let me see you, this Oh, my God. Oh. She needed the money. I saw this. I knew exactly where it was going to go. But yeah, it's a
0: little film with Victoria Jackson, Leah Thompson, Andrew Dice
2: Clay. You fucking whore. Okay, sorry. Uh,
0: <laughs> you know what? I've, I've met Leah Thompson at Scarefest in Lexington. And I got to say, there aren't many people that just make me stammer. Pam Greer's the other one that I couldn't oh. get like two mm. consecutive words out. And I was blushing big time. Leah Thompson did that to me as well. Uh, but as just a person you meet, she was so gracious and so nice um but yeah i'm I'm one of the biggest leah thompson fans out there she's fantastic and i think she's super talented man
3: oh she is i mean um, her most recent stuff for those that are star trek nerds like myself uh she directed two episodes of picard mm-hmm. and um uh what's the one uh, with alan tudyk um resident alien yeah she directed two episodes of
2: oh okay yeah
3: yeah, she, so she, she is she's,
0: really she's, an accomplished director. And yeah, she is. She's done a lot of TV work too. But I mean, as an actress and a director, she, I think she's one of those talents that fall under the radar. And I'm just waiting for somebody to give her, well, the Howard the Duck, you know, big reboot film. Give her like $100 million to do Howard the Duck. That's mm. my view. <laughs> Troy. Uh, let's calm down. Yeah. Let's also talk about uh, somebody who is starting out in the movie business. Uh, Done a couple of films before Howard the Duck, but he's kind of of a big deal now, but Tim Robbins is Phil. Uh, Guys, he did Howard the Duck in 1986. He was also in another film in 1986.
2: Do you know what he was? He was Merlin. He was Merlin Merlin. in Top Gun? You were besmirching Merlin last week when we talked about it. Like, oh, don't tell me about how Merlin was, you know. He wasn't a deep character, but he was still in Top Gun. Yeah.
0: Yeah, his best film is still Bull Durham, but, you know, it's just. But I mean, I
2: let's not get too crazy.
0: Yeah, whatever. Um, Jeffrey Jones is Dr. Walter Jennings. Now, full disclosure, we're not going to talk about his personal? run-ins with the law, or his personal life. But we will say in the 80s, he was not just in Howard the Duck, but a couple of other big iconic films like Ferris Bueller's Day Off uh, in 1986. Same year as Howard the Duck and also Beetlejuice in 1988. Oh, I cannot believe you.
3: How it. could you leave off one of his greatest roles in one of the greatest comedies I've ever seen? Who's Harry Crumb? Mary lepescu
0: Transylvania 65,000. Oh, my God. That's right. He was in that, wasn't he? <laughs> yes. God, that movie's great. <laughs> Gina Davis. Oh, yeah.
2: He was also in a movie that I saw on HBO every day uh, that is Stay Tuned. which oh, oh, yeah. With John Ritter. I that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Yeah. Um, I fucking loved that movie, <laughs> and I'm not ashamed of
0: it. Hey, I'll say this now. Again, we're not talking about any of the, this stuff. They
2: did a parody of My Three Sons. as My yes. Three <laughs> Sons of Bitches. Yeah, <laughs> come on,
0: man. Look, Jeffrey Jones. Say what you will about the junk that, and he's still working today for the most part. Yep. Um, in he's always been a great character actor. I think he you give him material, he's going to deliver. Uh, I think he's always the strength of any film that he's been in another face that popped up. So the band in Howard, the ducks called cherry bomb. And there is always a face that I always remember. And it's Holly Robinson. She plays KC, but I remember specifically from the original 21 jump street with Johnny Depp.
2: Uh, She, no, no, no people move out of the way. She's in a show (laughs) called hanging with Mr. Cooper. No, she's in 21
0: jump street. Okay. 21 Jump Street
2: with Mr. Cooper, 21 <laughs> Jump Street.
0: That's what she's known for. Um, real quick, let's talk about Ed Gale. He So there's like eight, approximately eight performers for Howard the Duck. Ed Gale is the one that probably gets the most notoriety for being in the suit. Uh, you will know Ed Gale from Spaceballs and Child's Play. So, dink. Dink, that's right. Dink, dink. Um, let's talk about production. And and he development.
2: Played, he's Chuck, He's Chucky for people who are he's wondering. Who, yeah, he <laughs> saying, yeah, okay. <laughs> he wasn't Andy. No. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, George Lucas attended film school with Willard and Gloria, and they, you know, those two we just talked about it later wrote American Graffiti with Lucas. After the film's production concluded, Lucas told both of them about this comic book called Howard the Duck. Um, and he described the series as being very funny and praising its elements of film noir and absurdism. And so in wait,
2: I, is power. Is Howard the duck have a lot of film noir stuff. It in
0: does it? have some references into it. And to Go John's ahead. point, the later series that came out, uh, I want to say three or four years ago, it's really good. Um, it, it plays on the fact that he's a private detective. Okay. So, um, a but, private duck, a private duck, private duck, okay. private duck. And in 84, Lucas relinquished his presidency of Lucasfilm to focus on producing films. Okay. So this film, Howard the Duck, was originally intended to be an animated film based on the character created by Steve Gerber. Um, And in particular, they were looking at the Duck World story that was in um, Howard the Duck Magazine number six. That was supposed to be the basis for the script a contractual obligation required Lucas to provide a distributor with a live action film. So he decided to make the movie using live actors and to use special effects for Howard. Uh, Gloria Katz said that the animated film would have taken too much time and too much money. So Willard and Gloria began to develop ideas for the film early on in the production. It was decided that the personality of the character would be changed from that of the comics in which Howard was rude and obnoxious and they wanted to make the character much more nicer and i would say more palatable for like the general audience so if you read the comics the comics are super funny but i think the reason why they're super funny is howard's kind of an ass um oh yeah yeah and and you know it's i i i find it extremely funny uh but there is a documentary so look howard the the great thing about dvds uh, blu-rays 4ks is these cult movies end up with these fantastic hour, two hour long documentaries about the making of the film. Howard the duck has about an hour long documentary interviewing everybody that was involved with the film, Jeffrey Jones, Lee Thompson, Willard Gloria. I think they interviewed everybody except George Lucas about how the movie was made. And there's actually a lot of archival footage too, of showing behind the scenes. If you like this film or you kind of like this film, I, I, This thing's on 4K, which blows my mind.
2: Yeah. The 4K version of this movie is ridiculous. It looks
0: freaking fantastic. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, But I'll say this. uh, The special features and everything on it are a lot of fun to go through because it'll tell you everything from inception to release about this film. The other thing I, I just want to mention is this. This did win some awards. Can you believe that? Oh, yes, yeah. it did. Mm-hmm. I'm it say the it Razzies. Did. Yeah, so let's talk about uh, the Golden Raspberry Awards from 1986. So it was up for Worst Picture, and uh, it won. I think it actually tied for Under the Cherry Moon with uh, Prince. It was nominated for Worst Director. It was nominated for Worst Supporting Actor, Tim Robbins. Um, it was nominated and won Worst Screenplay. It was nominated and won for Worst New Star. And actually, it was six guys and a gals in a duck suit. So that's those are the people that won that one. Uh, it was nominated for Worst Original Song, Howard the Duck, Music and Lyrics by Thomas Dolby, Allie Willis, and George S. Clinton. And it won the Worst Visual Effects from Industrial Light and Magic that year.
2: Wow. Yeah. ILM has a Razzie? Oh, ILM yeah. Now in
0: 1989, Golden Raspberry Awards went back and started talking about the worst pictures of the decade. It was nominated, but it did not win that one. And the stinker bad movie awards, which were kind of competing with the Razzies about that same time uh, for notoriety of kind of highlighting the worst movies, it was nominated and won worst picture. So those are the awards that Howard the Duck won. <laughs> Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I am ready to talk about the film itself. (laughs) Wow! John, we're going to start with you, our guest. Um, Now, obviously, I don't think you and I have seen this film as many times as Brad has. He saw it 500 times. I've watched (laughs) it a lot, but, but I haven't watched it 500 times. I can honestly say that. You had a chance to revisit howard the duck i also know you went back and read some of the comics too so you've been engrossed in all things howard yeah but i want to get your take on your um revisit of this uh 1986. i dare say classic but i don't know how you're gonna you're gonna frame this one
3: yeah i think so going back and watching this um i remember so we were in germany and um oh guten talk yeah danke. um i think that's we were we went out to go see aliens and then the, the movie theater was only playing one other movie, and it just happened to be Howard the Duck. So I think we stayed and watched it. And as kids, um, we really liked it to the point we were singing that end song on the walk home. Uh, was, but watching it now, the only thing I would say is yeah, I can understand why I, I, I don't know, maybe it was the interns at ILM that were working. Um, because some of those visual effects they didn't age well, but Uh, I think Bishop said it best. He asked how old this movie was. I told him how old it was. He's like, wow, this, the visuals, the, you know, the the cinematography and all that, it looks really good. I'm like, well, we are watching this version on Blu-ray, but yeah, it actually kind of aged somewhat well. Story-wise, oh man, the one thing that kind of hit me because Bishop and I had just watched Doctor Strange, Madness of the Multiverse, and it hit me. This Howard the Duck movie is actually Marvel's first multiverse movie.
0: Yes, that's a good point. It is very much. It's yeah, exactly. Um, and, and honestly, I would say this: if if you were looking at the canon of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it wouldn't be hard to go back and say this film fits within that.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, because uh, if we stick with what where, where they're. Uh, trying to go uh this whole multiverse madness stuff um yeah this is just one of many versions of howard the duck so who and you know we've already seen you know, howard at, at end of end game and uh, guardians of the galaxy um,
0: i think it was vo- voiced by seth green right
3: um i believe that's correct yes yep. In the current version uh chip yep. zine was the, the the voice actor in the movie
0: Oh, you're talking about the yeah, I was talking about like the Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that. They brought in Seth Green to do, to oh, do a yeah. couple of things. Seth lines Green, Robot yeah.
3: Chicken Dude. Yeah. yeah. Um But it to me I still enjoy it. I, I, I really do. Um only for the sense of I think we hit on it when we talked about Black Hole. There's a lot of nostalgia. And again, having read a lot of the comics, um uh, or rereading the omnibus with the comics, um, Curse it's that's on my list for comic-con um there was a lot of references in the movie that i picked up because i went back and read that stuff like you know right at the beginning i'm a master of you know quack foo you know i was like oh that's issue number three hell yeah let's go um to me it's still a fun movie even though there
0: are some dragging points um it's it's still fun okay brad on your 500 and. <laughs> First or second? I don't know. Like, yeah. how, was it exactly 500? Hyperbolic.
2: I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, let's just, just say
0: little. this is the 501. Okay.
2: Okay. So yeah. number 501. A- accurate, yep.
0: How, how was this uh viewing?
2: Well, I, I mean, you have a movie where you not only see one pair of duck boobs, but you see two pair of duck boobs in the first 10 minutes. Yes. That's the kind of movie you're seeing. Um, also Howard and Beverly have this sexual tension throughout the whole film. And you're like, uh, he's a duck. um And she pulls out a condom out of his wallet, And yep. the condom is not in a wrapper. She just pulls out a condom, but it's not, um,
0: I don't think it's used. It's just not in the wrapper.
2: Yeah. So yeah. Okay. And it's anyway, relatively small. It is relatively small. Yeah. And I kept thinking, are, are duck penises corkscrews or is that, or is that pigs? Someone has a corkscrew dick, and I was trying to figure out. I did she- not think that at
0: all. I, oh, okay. I didn't. My I mind did no not go there. Yeah, I have That's no idea. I, I don't want to see t- your browser history is, either. No. Nope.
2: Is Mm-mm. corkscrew. Okay. Anyway, okay. Um, this is one of those movies that it's it's hard to be critical about um, because I just think it's ridiculous. I I enjoy every minute of it. Um, Leah Thompson is obviously amazing. And is a gateway to many of our uh, sexuality and sexual awakenings. Um, But I, you know, John, I I think some of the effects look really good. I, well, the one that stands out to me, which I really love is when uh, what's his name has turned into the overlord and uh he's in the truck and his eyes glow in the field and it goes across the screen. It's blue and things start blowing up. I'm like, I think some of this stuff looks downright like amazing. Well, it's it's
0: funny you say that there's that sequence at the end where his eyes go into the little fireball things. Uh And on 4k, that thing looked great. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. So don't get me wrong. I didn't say all of them were bad. Like in the, let's take the opening sequence, right. Where he comes in and he flies through that lighted billboard and you know, there's sparks and electricity and you're seeing, uh, okay, here we go. You know, um, but you no, know, yeah, you're right. I mean, some of those effects were definitely great, and you know, but like I said, my point was some of them you can see that they're they're aged a little bit, and like yeah. I said, it's mainly at the beginning. Like I said,
2: yeah, I I I always thought this movie was a little funnier. I didn't laugh as much as I remembered. Um, I this is the probably the second time I've watched Howard the Duck in essentially COVID times because. I think that 4k came out in 21 for the 35th anniversary. And I got that and immediately watched it because I, you know, just nostalgia wise. And then I watched it again for this. And it's one of those movies where I I probably didn't have to rewatch it. I I remember every beat of this movie. I just thought I was going to laugh more and I, I didn't. And it's not like it's not funny, funny. It's just like not a laugh out loud sort of funny thing like yes the 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 play duck or whatever it's pretty funny but i'm i'm not gonna laugh at duck tits like (laughs) 12 year old brad would but you know almost 40 year old brad is more sophisticated um i don't i i kind of like this movie quite a bit um it's ridiculous but you look at films now and that's all that we're getting is like this like mashup of universes and things coming from other worlds and this and that. And, um, the very end is like, Oh no, aliens are coming from, you know, we're inviting aliens through this portal into our world. And this overlord is, um, opening that dimension up somehow. Um, if you would have told me that Tim Robbins was going to be the worst part of this movie, I would have said you're crazy, but he's by far the worst part of he's this. He's terrible. Movie. Yeah. He's really bad. Yeah. Um, you know he goes on to do one of the greatest performances of all time um and
0: it's not top gun it is bull Durham
2: it's Shawshank Redemption but whatever yeah whatever um, go ahead <laughs> uh, but you know you, you have an actor who who pretty I mean if you would have seen this 1986 you like this Tim Robbins guy is going nowhere little do you know in eight years he's the biggest actor in the entire world um I don't know, man. Like, I, I could watch this movie again right now and be totally fine with it and totally yep. love every second of it. I but I would understand if someone comes up to me and says Howard the Duck is terrible. I'd be like, Yeah, it, it kind of is. I, I get it. <laughs> like, if you don't buy the relationship between Howard and Beverly, it's gonna be a long walk for you. Um, but I think I'm always a sucker for a film that has a musical piece at the very end where they're on stage and like here were the cherry bombs and here comes Howard the duck shredding on guitar
0: you didn't feel that way for streets of fire man
2: no because that movie sucks you shut it but hey man I, I i like this movie i am surprised at how well howard holds up like not not the movie but the actual like person in a suit mm-hmm. like it the, moves around pretty well
0: the effect um, right so yeah, going from yeah. so and just for people who haven't seen it um the reason why there are so many people in the suit is a combination of a person being in a suit plus animatronics right so it's a it's a stationary um thing that is moving with all the puppeteers behind it so yeah it, they go I mean, back it, and forth from that
2: yeah i mean the third act's where, you know, with the big semi truck and yeah. they're on that little prop plane and all that. I mean, it's kind of like an exciting little climax to this movie. Um, so, you know, even the action is pretty good. That diner scene. I think that diner scene is amazing. Like, no lie. Like, that diner scene is amazing. Um, so, yeah, it's got a lot to, to to kind of check out. Again, it's ridiculous. There are duck tits in this movie. Um, so, you know, if if you're like, oh, duck boobs. Okay, I'll check it out. That's what you're going in for. I, I mean, I don't get, like I said earlier, that I would understand to people that like this movie, but like the downright hatred for this movie, I, I don't understand. Like, to me, I don't want to hang out with those people who think, Howard the duck isn't any fun.
0: I, I agree with that. I I, I do want to, so this, I always have this reaction to this film as many times as I've seen it. When I when I always start watching it in my head, I'm like, "How is this thing PG?" And every time I have to remind myself, "Okay, this is uh, Red Dawn was 1984, and that was the first movie to get a PG 13 rating." Right? Howard the Duck was released in 1986.
2: People always say, "No, it was actually Temple of Doom," but Temple of Doom wasn't. No, it It was was it was
0: Red Dawn 1984. Howard the Duck was 86. Red Dawn got a PG 13. And Howard the Duck got a PG. And in my I, every time my reaction is, how the heck did this thing get a PG rating? It's basically an 80s sex comedy that turns into a monster film in the back half. You get duck boobs within the first 10 minutes twice, right?
2: Two pairs. Thank you. Thank yeah.
0: okay. you. You get Howard eventually getting a job in Cleveland working at a hot tub parlor, which is basically just a massage parlor filled it's with a jerk off factory. It's choice. a jerk off factory. Okay. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you get interspecies foreplay sequences, right? Very sexy, almost Cinemax kind of thing. So I don't even think this thing, oh, those red shoe ra-
2: diaries are coming out pretty soon.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't even think this thing went to the ratings board. That is always my first reaction to this thing. Like the PG <laughs> thing, who did they bribe? I don't understand. Um, I mean,
2: you would think Beastie Audi would get you to a PG thirteen, but apparently not.
0: That's probably why that Christian website never reviewed it. Cause lost we're like, we don't, ever, <laughs> we
2: don't have a goddamn mind. We don't have a rating system. For yeah, this. you know, those Christians. Negative lost four. Their minds. Hell yeah. no.
0: <laughs> um okay, that aside. shape of
2: water, they lost their minds even more. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so that aside, just PG, I don't know. Every time I revisit, the thing, that's my initial shock reaction. That's adult Troy going, what the fuck is going on? PG, are you kidding me? Because every movie starts now, like, here's your rating, right? Mm-hmm. When you're watching a home media. Uh, okay, so that aside, this is one of those films, I think, you either love it or hate it. Like, there's no in between on this one. It's bonkers. It And um, the other thing is, uh, it has nothing to do with the source material. I know you say, John, it borrows from quack food and stuff like that. I think it borrows words from the source material, but there's a difference between borrowing the names and even um, a plot or something versus embracing your source material. This thing does not embrace its source material whatsoever. I don't think you can really call it competent filmmaking, although I do think the production and special effects hold up Meaning as a as a if you're grading this thing just on direction and screenwriting, I'd be like, okay, you're talking solar babies territory here, right? Uh, It's not a kid's film. I don't know who the target audience was for this thing, even when they released it. There's some great stories when you watch the special features um, and hearing these stories about when they were doing test screenings and people going, well, the audience thought it was okay, But you read other stuff and people are like, yeah, they tore up all the negative stuff to just get a positive test screening. And then you hear about fist fights that occurred at the studio um, because people were hitting each other, trying to decide who actually greenlit the project. But I, I don't know who this thing was for. But I can say this. For me, it is never boring. Never. Um, and when I first saw this thing, I was going into it as a big-time Howard the Duck fan, thinking they were going to bring the comic to life. But the problem is they don't do anything with that. But I'll say this. I had no idea where the story was going. And after seeing it a hundred times, I haven't seen it 500 times like Brad. I'm just in awe that that, that this thing got made. I still laugh at all the duck puns um, because I think they're as good as dad jokes, in my opinion. But I am shocked at where this thing goes. So think about it for a second. Act one is Howard gets taken from Duck World and meets all the hairless apes and meets Beverly, right?
2: Little reference to Tatooine as he's going out the two moons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yep. yep. Um, act two Howard tries to fit in and gets a job, right? It's going to acclimate himself to Earth. Act three movie just throws all that out the door and goes, Hey, here's this diner sequence. So Jeffrey Jones is pretty much going to lay out this whole new plot of the film. And we're going to transition from this sex comedy to duck out of water into a monster film. To an intergalactic
2: demon movie intergalactic
0: demon film act four. And I'm going to, I'm going to put this out there. I think you get this amazing ultralight aircraft action sequence. I think from a stunt perspective, practical stunt work, it's amazing um, that they do all of this stuff. And then the final act, you get a big monster fight, right? Howard versus the monster. You get some great stop motion effects and then you, when all that's done, you get this credit sequence with this awesome '80s music, and uh, Howard just going nuts on his little guitar. Um, I don't. This movie <laughs> just goes everywhere and anywhere, and I love everything about it. Um, so if it if it encompasses anything about the original comic book series, it maybe it embraces this no holds bar attitude for storytelling, and that's about it but I think you can still appreciate this film even if it's not as good or close to the source material. I mean, that's my initial reaction to it. I don't know what you guys think.
2: Well, I like, and just because this is my childhood, but like solar babies in this, like Howard the duck is a million times better than solar babies. I'll be the first to admit that as someone who unapologetically kind of likes solar babies. Um, so like, what do you see? Like, oh, this is one of the worst movies ever made. Like, no, it's like, no, it is not. This is not even close to being the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, I've seen hundreds of movies worse than this. Um, I'm going to make a bold. So st- I can I make a bold statement?
0: You guys can what? tell me if I'm crazy. And I'm I'm waiting for John just to jump all over me and start beating me like crazy. I think Howard the Duck is better Than Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness.
2: I haven't seen it, so I can't, I can't.
0: Oh, okay. Well, John, you've seen it. And I've seen Multiverse of Madness twice. And I got to tell you, the second time, it really lost its luster. And um, I I could really feel that Marvel factory machine at work within that film. And uh, Howard the Duck, when I watched it this week, I, it, the first thing in my head, I'm like, why couldn't Doctor Strange have been this weird?
2: Well, I mean, this one also has a little bit of sexuality in too, which some movies now don't have. True.
3: But I, I don't uh, know. Doctor Strange does have Elizabeth Olsen. So, I <laughs> yeah, stick with but that. sexy cat. Okay. Pe- mm. Now, I'm not going to disagree with you, surprisingly. Really? Um, really? Very, okay. very disappointed with Doctor Strange. And <clears throat> as a Howard the Duck fan, Considering that you know he ran a couple issues and and uh, further stories, um, you know where he was working with Doctor Strange in the comics. Yeah,
0: he was. You know, uh, so he's been part of the Defenders before.
2: Yeah, I- I'll tell you this: I bet Sam Raimi would direct the hell out of a of a, a Howard the Duck. Movie if
0: it wasn't that. part of the Disney Marvel thing, absolutely,
3: absolutely. Yeah, I-, I I don't disagree with that either, but I I. From someone who saw the, the faults and weaknesses from Howard the Duck movie uh, I, I and, and has a chance to really, really redeem not only herself, but the but the franchise, the title for it, uh, give it to Leah Thompson. I, I yes. really want to see what she can do with it.
0: I really, really do. And, and can we say also the great thing about Howard the Duck, more than anything, it's a Leah Thompson film. I, I actually think she's one of the strengths of this thing. Um she isn't given a lot to do from a script perspective but what she is given i think she does it pitch perfect and i think as as dazzling as the special effects are Leah thompson matches that in her performance
2: she does use the word scum a lot in this movie and she yes. does it well yeah and she Not sings she calls someone she, a bucket of scum as well she yeah. she
0: does all the music too she sings the uh so all the music that you're hearing that's her singing as well yeah
3: that, yeah that's what i was saying she like you said, uh, you know Jeffrey Jones. He puts he puts effort into his character. He did same thing with this movie. He's Leah good Thompson, in this film. Yeah, dude, when
2: he turns, like oh, Jeffrey man. Jones is amazing as the bad
3: guy when he turns. <laughs> oh my god! I actually called my daughter down. Like Remley, look at this guy. He sounds like you in the morning. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! You know uh, Leah Thompson. She you're right. She put the work in. Yeah. You know, even she filmed. um, act four, I think most of that, most of that sequence when they were filming it, she was like really sick and she oh, still yeah. showed up to film it. And, um,
0: and for uh, ha- one of the, I want to yeah. say for half the movie, they hadn't even told, so she's practicing guitar, learning to sing and all this other stuff. Yeah. And for most of the film, they kept telling her, we don't know if we're going to use your voice on, uh, the final or if we're going to dub it or anything, but she kept going and she's fantastic in this.
3: Oh, she is. She yeah. really is. Um. Yeah. So I don't. I don't disagree. But yeah. I mean, to your original question, how weird? I mean, the opening sequence, right? Um, the like I said, it, it's part of the multiverse. I, I'm saying it's the first multiverse movie, and Disney Plus and Disney can suck it. Um, you have the movie poster, right? I do question the title, but Breeders of the Lost
0: Stork. Yeah, you get uh, my little chickadee. You get all these awesome. Duck Burger references. Is this yeah.
2: on Disney Plus? Can you watch this on Disney Plus? I don't
0: think so. This is a universal so. picture. Yeah, it's
2: universal, but yeah, I didn't universal. know. If, no, if I'm Disney just saying at some point Disney time, because they have the rights to it. Now, okay, you think gotta.
0: Disney is going to show duck boobs? I don't think so.
2: Well, I mean, the Punisher's on there now.
0: Okay, yeah. there is a difference between... Just shooting people in the head and showing duck boobs.
2: Yes, that, that's America, right?
0: Look, if you want to know the <laughs> difference, if you want to know what America's like, okay, mm-hmm. we'll show you gratuitous violence, but we will not show you duck boobs. Disney, plus, there you go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, twice. There's, there's yeah, two, I mean, two. again, two pairs.
3: Yeah, and you know, hell, like you said, even that reality could fit better than what you know, you know, Multiverse of Madness was. I mean, that was man, I was so disappointed in that movie.
2: F- um, <laughs> so, you know, okay, so just, I, I you bumped John out. That's not very nice.
0: I know. Well, I'll, I'll, <laughs> hey, look, I've been watching the Marvel shows. I'm all caught up on them. I just watched uh, Moon Knight, and oh boy, here we go. Yeah, look, Howard the Duck is better than all of those Marvel TV shows. Look, Landon, he's one of our listeners. Landon's fantastic. Love Landon to death. Uh, Howard the Duck is Academy Award material. Versus Moon Knight, Landon. I hate to tell you this. I would um, say
2: it's better than all the Marvel. TV It is shows. better than
0: all the Marvel TV shows.
2: Okay,
0: it is better than all the
3: Marvel. Agree TV to
2: shows. disagree. Okay, it's,
0: no, I have to disagree.
3: It is not better than the Apple Dumpling Gang. So
0: <laughs> that's wait. not a Marvel T. Tea- I'm talking these Marvel like. Oh, Moon I thought Knight, you said Disney.
3: Uh, my bad. My bad. No,
0: no, I <laughs> that I'm not talking crazy. Okay, I'm just saying that there just seems to be a just a, a vision. Um, fun whatever you want to call it I'm and and maybe it's because we're on our 30th or 40th Marvel film and our 16th Marvel TV show. I just forgot how much before Marvel was a big you know part of the Disney conglomerate um how fresh and inventive they could be right
3: Yeah I mean go earlier than Howard the Duck, right Captain America movie. <laughs> spider-man movie yeah red I brown mean, yeah they, they're kind of like atrocious now if you stop and think about it but you know they did what they did with what they had yeah and that's what you know how are the i mean so you know oh it's not better than going to the galaxy now well, well yeah no shit sherlock i mean they didn't have cgi they pioneered something that you probably never realized but hey you know whatever
2: I, i'll say this i like the way Howard the ducks looks better in this movie that he does in the Marvel stuff now, I don't like the way oh, he looks. And-
3: yes, a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm, I, I don't get the BDIs thing. Maybe they were just doing it to shout out to Seth Green because he's got those little beady eyes or something. I don't know.
0: Um, <laughs> no, but, but yeah, the, the it, look of him—I mean, he just feels more real than any of the Guardian of the Galaxy uh, Howard the Duck versions, right?
3: Yeah, and yep. they still shout out to. Him. I mean, again, going back to the opening sequences. If you look, you know, what's next to his TV? It's a little stand. What's in the, you know, in the stand? Uh, martini glasses. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so they 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 throw some references there in and out. Any and, smokes, you and, know, they wouldn't
2: have that in a Marvel
3: movie. You know, True. it's funny, too, because I, I forgot, you know, wife and I are watching some show and, you know, they always have those disclaimers now. And it's like, you know, violence, uh, sexuality, nudity and smoking. And I "Oh, uh, we can't watch this now. They got smoking.
0: Do, hey, try watching a Tollywood or Bollywood film with uh, any time oh, there's yes. smoking on the screen. There's a warning. There's a warning at the bottom of of the film while you're watching it like hey smoking's bad folks don't do it
3: yeah yeah swimming in the ganges rivers completely fine just don't smoke you know whatever (laughs)
0: um
3: yeah i mean you're right there's a treadmill of let's be honest shit um i mean if you think about it in i don't know (laughs) the year marvel and disney have laid egg after egg after egg after egg and where's the redemption where's the redemption coming
0: I think it's just me ah. I don't know. It I don't want to call it shit. I just call it mediocre. Like all of the stuff they're putting out, it's just mediocrity after mediocrity. They are championing
2: some mediocrity. of them stand out, but a lot of them are just vanilla. It's vanilla ice cream. But I mean,
3: they like you said, they just brought, you know, John Bernthal's Punisher series onto Disney Plus. Do we really think they're gonna be able to go down that road uh with Disney Plus now? Or do you think we're gonna go back to mediocre and you know, I'm going to say it matched the shit that's coming out now because you mentioned Moon Knight. I love the first four episodes and you couldn't believe that. Uh, but then, yeah, I got to episode five and I'm, t- I'm like, what the fuck am I watching here?
0: That shows just visual NyQuil, man. <laughs> you know, it's, it's sorry, Landon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so oh. can we talk about the third act or can we talk about the finale of? Howard the Duck. Yes,
0: I'm sorry. Let's get back to Howard I'm sorry, the Duck not just dumping on Marvel. <laughs> I,
2: because I, I, I think that action sequences and stuff is really good. Now I have problems with it. Like he crashes a semi through a gate at a nuclear power plant and is able just to walk on in, get a lab coat or get a visitor's. He pass. had
0: a hard hat on. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did, and he oh, did. He did swipe a badge. Yep. So
2: yeah, I, I know, but. <laughs> And it was like a government official was around, too. That guy would not be able to get in there. Come on. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I maybe, maybe. Well, I'm going to just say maybe. It's the 80s, maybe.
2: And one of the grossest parts in any movie I remember seeing is when that uh, scorpion tail thing comes out of his mouth and goes into the uh, yep. cigarette lighter. I'm like, that is like burned into my mind. <laughs> and I know exactly when it's coming. And I'm like, this is really phallic like you it's don't very phallic but what's funny is you
0: say that and you don't expect that to happen given everything that's happened in the movie up to that point
2: no like it you're right like this movie takes this weird turn and I think that's why I like it yes yeah. it's it's a duck out of you know water if you will um, and uh, then all of a sudden it turns into this like intergalactic demon fighting movie where there's a big science lab. You're like, give me a science lab in a movie. I think I'm down. Um God, but Tim Robbins is so bad. At, he is really, really bad at this movie. Hey, it was only his fifth film.
3: Give him a break. nugget, no, right. He was, he was, he was terrible. He was, he was trying to Jim Carrey when Jim Carrey wasn't even a thing, but yeah.
0: Yeah. What, what's amazing is you're, you're getting those sequences of him breaking and getting power and everything else. And you get this, um, Aeroflight sequence in the stunt work that's happening. And they're really doing that. They're flying that, they're landing it on yep. the semi, they're doing all this other stuff. It's not CGI. I find it extremely impressive that they pulled all of that stuff off to the sequence where Tim Robbins is hanging upside down and uh, his head's getting dunked and all this other stuff. It, it's a lot of fun. It's just, and I don't know if it's fun because of where it fits in the story. There's a
2: duck flying a plane.
0: Maybe. There's a duck flying a plane, which I think is hilarious. And he's During yelling, duck season. During yes. duck season. And he's yelling bonsai. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so absurd. And I think it's that absurdity mixed with the practical stunt work that just make it a lot of fun. Uh and to your point, Brad, that monster at the end, uh, the overlord, I I think it's really cool. I really, I really like that monster.
3: Effect. Yeah, I mean, that was so when I watched it, um, over the week, I, the, when I saw that monster again. I was like, my God, the stop motion is really, really good. But Look at this thing. Yeah. And then it hit me. Oh, my God. It's like a rancor fucked a predator or something.
2: It's got like a lot of arms and tentacles. It's you very know? like hentai, too. It's got some weird tentacles coming out of places. You know? you're like, I don't like this. It's hung like a rancor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Um No,
3: it's, no
2: I mean, it's a fun you, effect.
3: It, it's fun and, and like you said um very few movies really uh go that route now you know where they're, they're they're trying to shoot a lot of stuff live you know most of the time now they could cgi a lot of that stuff in because they don't want to take the risk or stuff but yeah landing that little that little foil plane on the freaking tractor trailer as impressive
0: yeah and then taking off from it you know yeah. if the wind hit it wrong they were going to nosedive and everybody's dead because they're going to get run oh, over yeah oh yeah um no it's it's all impressive that i that, mean they were
2: probably like it's a little person in a suit they'll be fine yeah oh we got five God. more <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> we got six more over here that's why we got those yeah yeah if not hey we'll man <laughs> they did it not us
0: yeah uh yeah no there's it, it just it takes a left
2: turn man Andy Dufresne gets crushed by a truck and doesn't get me yes. man
3: that would have been tragic But Uh, yeah, I mean, you say it gets weird, but to me, that's what I'm saying it kind of borrows from the comics where if you kind of go back in sequence of the comics, it kind of starts off with like a fantasy, uh, fantasy, you know, kick to how Howard, you know, is pulled in mm -hmm. to our universe and all that good stuff. Then it gets him into, you know, well, you know, he's, he's a duck out of water in the big city and stuff. And then as he gets like, they get into some crazy stuff, you know, like the, uh, what was the, the beaver. You know, okay. one of his villains, the Beaver. Yes. <laughs> you know, and yes. then he meets his arch nemesis. Get this, folks, Doctor Bong. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, to me, that's what I'm saying. It kind of borrows a little bit from you know, you think you're getting a comics that's going to be like se- sequential and stuff, and in a lot of ways, it is sequential, right? But it is it throw it goes so many left turns. It's like you're driving in San Francisco.
0: It you, is, know, you know, if if anything, the comics are an interesting love story between him and Beverly because it's all over the place, right? They break up, they get back together. She got married at one point um, under duress. And um, I I think the movie does capture elements of that. It's just that there's this uh, snarky sarcasm, sarcasm that uh, was in the comic that I I don't know. It just, it didn't transfer. So it's probably very unfair to say it has nothing to do with the comics. There are elements from it, but i don't know if it if it grabs the spirit of it but again i would go back and say if it if it got anything right with the spirit of the comics it's just all over the place
3: yeah and that's where you know you kind of stole some of the words out of my mouth i said that if if they had brought that sarcastic little duck from the comics a little bit more to life instead of you know delivering the dad jokes which mm-hmm. yeah some are still funny uh but that that sarcasm that little you know uh rapier wit I think would have would have helped it along a little bit further. I still love the movie. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, there was something in this movie, Howard. Just it, it was missing something, and you hit it right on the head. Is that is that sarcasm? You know, you, I think, you know, hairless eight. I, I was like looking for that through the rest of the movie, and it, just a couple times.
0: Yeah, but I it, look. If you were to, and I don't know what you guys think. If you were to tell me, okay, Troy, it's your it's your world. Everybody else lives in it. You can do whatever you want in terms of creating uh, the, the best television or, or film ever. I would say, oh, great. Take the Howard the Duck property, give it to James Gunn, and tell him he's going to make a DC movie. So what he did with like the, the latest Suicide Squad or Peacemaker. Uh, give me the Peacemaker show, that type of mentality with the Howard the Duck material. And I think you would have a bona fide classic comedy adventure uh, comic book adaptation on your hand. Like James Gunn, to me, just thinking about the Suicide Squad and the Peacemaker, that is the perfect auteur to bring Howard the Duck to the page, but not under the Disney Corporation, but under Warner Brothers DC.
3: Yeah, I could agree to that. It
2: has to have some teeth, right? It has to.
0: In order to be um true to the source material but to me howard the duck is just absurdist and when you go down that path you can say a lot of stuff about the world and make it very funny but also make it make it very poignant and accurate and i think that that's what the comics did in the 70s
2: well but now people would get pissed off because their comics are political and like Literally ninety nine percent of comic books have been created to make the comics are poli- some, some,
0: yeah, the yeah, the comic books are political. If you hey, asking, get your
2: politics out of my X Men. Yeah, like, okay, it's okay. <laughs> it's still
0: there. It it's still there. They're they're still addressing yeah, that stuff.
3: You know, but there's a difference. Back in the day, it had it, but it was subtle. It was underlying. Now it's all in your face. Like Jesus Christ, how many versions of Spider Man do we need? How many more replacement <laughs> you know Morales characters is make marvel morales and he's every freaking character in the whole goddamn
0: and and there's a difference like i i would actually like a howard the duck social commentary where it just goes after everything um and i think james gunn could do that because i think he has that sensibility or he's he's at least displayed it um sort of that irreverence within suicide squad and peacemaker i i would love to see that and like i said i still love my marvel comics today i do um, I still love the DC comics. I, I just wish that we could get that one character to kind of come through and skewer everything that we love and and hold dear um, in a real quality way. And I think I think Howard the Duck could do that. I think um, inadvertently and I say inadvertently because I don't I when I look at the people behind the screens and I look at Willard and and Gloria, I don't think they're competent enough to, to deliver the Howard the Duck from the 70s. They still delivered a really good film that I can enjoy, but the Howard the Duck I'm kind of looking for is probably the James Gunn level that I would like to see. Yeah, I mean, if you stop and think about
3: it, and you know, you guys tell me if I'm wrong, but you know, kind of thinking about it now, when I looked at, you know, and watching it, I'm not gonna lie, I watched this things like like five or six times this week because yeah, I'm I, I the same it was way. <laughs> it was fun. Um, but this movie itself was doing what the comics try to do. I mean, it was kind of a parody of an action-adventure movie, an action-adventure superhero movie in itself, in in some ways, some levels.
0: The last half, um, I would agree with you. The first half is a pure sex comedy.
3: Duck boobies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, I could see that. And yes, I, I would like to see something that comes out and literally points fingers. I mean... Hell, we watch Sadness, and I, I i don't know if you guys recall. I, I kind of said that. I mean, this movie is like commentary on how everybody reacts to everything that's going on. Yeah, Howard the Duck, point fingers. And you know what? Um, it should also have a warning. Instead of saying, you know, sex, nudity, and smoking, it should just say, this movie has materials that might offend some of you. And if you're offended, uh, fuck your feelings.
0: <laughs> yeah that, you know okay, that kind okay, of okay movie, disney plus point. is not going to put that out <laughs> well, like that would say, be it would awesome. to be
3: it Have to be outside of disney oh yeah, yeah but that's what it has to say we're making a movie it's going to be fun it's pointing fingers at everybody nobody's safe yeah and if you get upset about this hey you know
2: fyf
0: yeah well um any other final thoughts on howard the duck brad anything to add no
2: i just like i was thinking about what we would want like with the a future version of this and i i just don't want it to become like deadpool
0: oh right i agree yeah
2: and, and that's kind of the direction i could see them going but yeah um but no I, I, that's all i got man
0: no that, that's a good point and, and don't get me wrong i enjoy the deadpool films i think that's just uh it 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 makes total sense that at some point they took deadpool and howard the duck and put it together to make deadpool the duck uh, and I think that was like a five-issue series. It, it, it makes total sense that they would do that. Um, but I think Deadpool and Howard the Duck have a lot of similarities, but they can tackle things uh, in a much different manner. And I think Howard the Duck, if done correctly, um, could be a little bit more smarter than what the Deadpool franchise ends up being, right? So Deadpool can, can satirize pulp culture and everything of that nature, whereas Howard the Duck can maybe tackle some heavier topics
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh if they were to do it correctly but i, I think that's a good comparison and and hey don't be wrong if you gave me a deadpool um howard the duck team up i'd be okay with that too i honestly would
3: deadpool three there we go
0: there yeah i agree howard the duck right. needs to be in deadpool three <laughs> um and it, hey full apologies we 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 like I mean, we're we're in an age, or at least John and I are, where we like our stuff from the 80s. Um, so not to, and I will say this, there are a lot of people who enjoy the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They love the Disney Plus series. They're getting a lot out of them. More power to you. I think there is a difference between um, a generation who grew up watching the comic books first and coming into the films versus those who come into the films and then go to the comic books there's always just going to be a little bit of a different perspective on how you treat your material. Um, But at the end of the day, wherever you get your enjoyment, I think that's awesome. So if, if you love moon Knight, if you love um, Loki and all these other things, I am so excited for you that they're putting more of that stuff out there. Cause I think just the fact that you get those characters in some kind of media format is amazing. So
2: no, I, I am someone who likes most of the Marvel movies, but I grew up on Marvel comics, Um, but I I do like most of them. I like the ones that are taking a different sort of lean into a genre. Yeah. First Avenger or not first Avenger winter soldier is probably my favorite because it's like this political espionage sort of deal.
0: I agree a thousand percent. Um, Yep
2: the first guardians of the galaxy is different. Cause it's like this space movie, like those ones that are, you know, uh, that, that are different, that you can, they don't, that aren't just so cookie cutter. Um, but I appreciate, I don't really appreciate all of them. I enjoy most of them of, because they're that summer flair. I loved going to the movies growing up during the summer seeing independence day and Jurassic park, like seeing those types of movies was a big deal for me. So this is kind of a carryover to that. It's getting a bit much um, and they all start to feel the same, but I still enjoy them. And I, I kind of wish in my heart of hearts to be like, Oh, you know, they make a billion dollars off of this movie. They can fund all these other little movies but that's not how the business works. There's no such thing as trickle down economics. <laughs> they just keep that money and yeah, then they, they do, still, they're
0: chased after the billion, right?
2: Yep. Yep. So, you know, it's when they are trying to make billion dollar movies, like growing up, a billion dollar movie was impossible, right? And now we're getting them left and right. A billion dollar movie has to be so safe. It can't offend anybody. It's got to get the biggest crowd. And you're just not going to get. Something like *Howard the Duck*, or any sort of you know, as as successful as *Deadpool* is going to be, its ceiling is four hundred to five hundred million dollars. What was the second or the? Well, I think they both are around four hundred million dollars. Like so, is, as successful those are, they're not anywhere in the same stratosphere as *In Game* and *Infinity War*, and *No Way Home*, and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. And, and I'll say this. So uh, as much as I rally, like give me my, give me my socially uh, (laughs) conscious like critique of, of everything, Howard, the duck version. I love the fact that there's all of this stuff. There's action figures. There's an omnibus. There's all this stuff that exists for Howard, the duck simply because he's in four minutes of a film uh, or two minutes or something of that nature. So the fact that I, I'll you know as much as I'm sitting here crapping on Disney, the fact that they're taking this stuff and having little experiments with all of these C and D list characters, I'm loving because as a result of that they're going back and republishing um, or bringing back better editions of the old stuff. So I'm I'm okay with that. I just mediocrity is is a subjective word that you apply to something when you go. Yeah, I I saw something that excited me more, right? But mediocrity doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. I can't, you know, the new Star Wars stuff, I enjoy. I can't get totally excited about. I actually get more excited about the art of books of Star Wars versus the content. But at the end of the day, I'm not complaining because there's still Star Wars stuff coming out, right? Yeah.
2: Well, someone might watch Howard the Duck and think we're insane because we enjoy it. So.
0: They can. And and I, I I look at it this way like uh I, there are tons of films. Like if you were if you were to look at my top 3 films of this year, you'd be like Troy, you're crazy. And I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm not picking my top 3 based on some cinematic value. Um I'm looking at it in terms of where did I have the most fun?" Uh and to me, Howard the Duck kind of falls in that category. If you were to rank like top Marvel movies, Howard the Duck would be in the conversation for me because it's it's fun for me. So uh right, well, ask the question. Ask the question. Okay, John, I'm gonna start with you. Uh, we just got done mm-hmm. talking ad nauseum about 1986's Howard the Duck. So I have to ask you the question, is Howard the Duck a bomb?
3: In my heart, it is not. It's just another fun movie that in retrospect, um uh, a lot of nostalgia for me. Um Truly enjoyed it. Made me go back, reread the comics, laugh at the comics some more, and just just wish that you guys definitely hit it home and it's really sinking in, man. We 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 need a new Howard the Duck movie outside of Disney to yes. really point fingers. Um, you know, all the actors and actresses, um phenomenal in the sense of what they brought to life on that screen because again, just watching is like wow. This really stuff. This stuff really looks good. I mean, it's a movie that, yeah. I mean, some folks are gonna look at it and like, oh my gosh, I really can't. Believe. I mean, hey, you know, FYF. I mean, get over it. That's just that was just the times, the eighties. I'm not gonna apologize for loving that stuff because that's what I'm not. I'm not gonna be those folks today that would, you know, send hate to an actress because she plays a new character in a Doctor Strange movie and her skin color is not that you know doesn't match the comic book. Come on, you know, give me fun. Yeah. Give me entertainment. Um, give me something I can I can watch multiple times in a week. Uh, Howard the Duck was that. And, you know, like I said, when I was a kid, when we left the movie theater, um, we were singing Howard the Duck song. I mean, it, it was just it was just it was that earworm for for quite a while. Oh, and speaking of bands, sorry. Have to give a shout out to a, a, a band we saw recently. More, more, more. Oh, Those boy. Guys kick ass. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that, Brad. Yes, or were they better than Cherry Bomb? Ooh, so so we talk about emotions and what you know, what you know, a movie or anything really does for you. When I watched Cherry Bombs, it it was just smiling because I know that's Leah Thompson singing up there. She's having fun. She's doing it, Um, and it was more, more, more. They brought the same energy. They made me get out of the seat. Like I got to go up there and just headbang for a while because they're just awesome. So, um,
2: to the original question, not a bomb.
0: Okay. Brad, 1986, Howard the Duck. Is it a bomb?
2: No, man. Uh, Movies should be enjoyable at the end of the day. Like, did you enjoy watching a movie? I enjoy watching Howard the Duck. I will continue to uh, enjoy watching Howard the Duck. I saw this movie when I was six. My son is getting close to being six and there is no way in hell oh. I am ever going to let him <laughs> see this movie. So uh, he's got to be a little bit I was bit wondering.
3: I was wondering that. No, but, son, that's my scene. You can't watch that. That's just yeah,
2: daddy's. Leah Thompson is mine. So not a bomb. Okay. Uh,
0: I'm going to agree with both of you. Howard, the duck is 100% not a bomb. I think the, the filmmakers borrowed the concept of Howard, the duck. Maybe they got some things, right? I don't think they in, just went after the content or the spirit of the comics. Um, But I'll say this, what they came up with is just insane. And I really appreciate, I just really appreciate that insanity. Uh, My love for this character, Howard the Duck and Leah Thompson are absolutely blinding my common sense when it comes to like critiquing a film. I 100% agree with that. I know that. But I would also make the case that the duck effects Jeffrey Jones, wacky performance, all the duck puns. And of course, everything Leah Thompson does in this film uh, makes it one of the most entertaining movies you can find based on comic book material. Uh, And I'm, I'm just waiting. I'm patiently waiting for all of the stars to align and everybody to turn around and say, okay, Leah Thompson, here's all the money that you want. Make the Howard the Duck the movie that you want. Um, and I, I think she would give us something that we would love, not just based on the 86 movie, but also based on the content and the material from the seventies. Um, and, and if you love Leah Thompson and you haven't seen this film, you have to watch this movie. So, uh, it, it's fun. It's so much fun. I love it. I love it to death. Yeah. And I will be posting all of my Howard, the duck collection over the next week <laughs> as we release this episode. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not a bomb. Yeah. So, Brad, we just—that's our first film for this month, talking about movies that bombed based on comic book properties. Uh, That was my pick. Howard the Duck. What are you picking for next week?
2: Yeah, my uh, my pick for next week is 1997's Spawn, which um, Spawn was a character that came out relatively like soon or like five years prior to this movie coming out. Uh, Spawn was 1992 was a pretty pivotal moment in my comic book reading life as I grew up with obviously Batman and then the X-Men and Spider-Man. Those were kind of my big three. And then in 1992, Todd McFarland and image comics comes out with spawn. Oh. And it was like, I guess now we would call it, you know, it's a little tryhardy, hardy, like being edgy and stuff. But at the time I thought spawn was, One of the most creative um, new comics I'd ever seen. I just gobbled up Spawn. I mean, because I was nine. So like this character was speaking to nine and ten-year-old boys. Um, The movie, however, uh, is something else. So we will get into that next week. That is 1997's Spawn. I have never
0: read a Spawn comic book.
2: Oh wow! Okay, what? Nope. I only know
0: Spawn from the film, and I think that there were badass cartoon series. There was yeah, there were uh, three. I think DVDs or films based on the cartoon series that were released. I've seen those.
2: Yeah, HBO has a awesome, awesome cartoon series, um, and there's a playstation one video game that i have that i will throw on this week and check that out again i don't remember it being very good so no it okay. was it was pretty glitchy
3: no i i truly regret getting rid of getting rid of my spawn collection way back when because i needed money um because yeah i had the i had you know the first 24 issues multiple copies of number one <laughs> john needed the money yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. um now that's a fun movie and it has one of my other favorite actors um John Lucuizamo.
2: Oh, mm. okay. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, John, you're glitching out. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Hey, sorry about what? that. Um, so, John, I can't thank you enough. I know you've got a freaking busy schedule because your daughter's in softball season. And hey, congratulations to Remley. She's graduating in a few days, man. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah,
3: Thursday she walks the stage, and
2: uh, damn,
3: where did the years go because now we got to ship her off to comes college
2: that other college payment my (laughs) friends. oh no 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 so to
3: her credit yes this this is my girl um she um you know she did really good um they she earned herself a 75 percent ride
0: she is freaking brilliant remley awesome remley is one of those congratulations remley
2: yeah remley is
0: one of those people when you run across so i've had the the pleasure of coaching her in softball um she's my daughter's best friend So, um, I've known Remley many, many years. I'm going to be there Thursday to watch her walk across that stage. And, um, I feel all the pride John feels, um, when it comes to Remley that that girl is going to set the world on fire. Um, but, you know, I got I got to say this, John, you've got an amazing daughter. You have an amazing son. Bishop is freaking amazing. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm I'm so excited for this week because everything that rim is is going to get this week in terms of all the accolade and, and you know, all the praise 100 percent deserves it. Oh, so. yeah, oh, yeah. She, she's 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 She not going to make me cry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> she's amazing, man. She truly is. I'm I'm truly blessed to have both my
0: kids. Um, I can't wait to see what the future holds for them. I agree. So Brad, if somebody, I'm I'm really curious, folks, if you've seen Howard the Duck, whatever your take is, we want to hear about it. So Brad, how do they send us their feedback on Howard the Duck?
2: Yeah, that's notabombpod at gmail.com. You can head over to our website, notabombpodcast.com, hit the contact us button, Leave us feedback there. Leave a suggestion for a bomb. Um, you can also reach out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.
0: 100%. And look, if if you like the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcast. We would love to hear your thoughts on what we're doing right. Um, if we're doing something wrong, email us. That, that's the best way. We'll we'll get that yeah. fixed for you. Uh, real quick, I just want to throw a couple of shout outs to the iron sequel um go out uh james did a 30 minute review of top gun maverick Uh, you gotta listen to that okay um check out night of the living podcast also listen to our friends over at the vhs files podcast they've got just the podcast as well as a youtube channel they've been doing a lot of like top four um what was the latest one was it bathrooms
2: Bathrooms. yeah Yeah. bathroom scenes and (laughs) films
0: that was a lot of fun uh, always listen to the backlook cinema podcast. They're back up and running. They got some great episodes out there. The mixtape podcast, this podcast, I don't think enough people talk about. It talks about movies, music. They do a lot of interviews, love it. And of course, finally, always visit the gentleman's Got. Oh crap. I am so sorry. They have a new name. I totally forgot they changed it this week. So uh, it used to be called the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. Um, after this week, they changed their name, and it's and it's uh, you can find their podcast under the Comrades Guide to State Approved Cinema. So that is the new name of the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. Uh, that,
2: I had to listen to some bad takes on Goodfellas. I was not happy. They did a bad take on Maverick,
0: Sammy. I'm looking at you. Stupid anti-American comments about Maverick and Tom Cruise. That that cut deep, guys. That cut deep. I'm just kidding. We love you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, and by the way, Sammy will be on our show next Oh yeah, week. And Sammy's gonna be here next week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's uh you gotta listen to that podcast. They um just Started talking about a Fred Ward film, um, but he's actually in, and that he's actually in. It's not Funky Monkey. They they've actually been on a great run. I would say go back if you want to. If you've never listened to that podcast, trust me, go back and listen to like the the last five or six episodes. You're gonna fall in love with it. Then you can go back and listen to the other 500 episodes. Um, but yeah, no, check out those podcasts. We love them to death. And um, John. We're gonna see you, I think, in uh, a couple of months or maybe next month. I can't. I, I got to go back and look at the schedule, but we're getting you back on. Um, we love your take on all things pop culture related, comic books, movies, the whole nine yards. And again, I can't thank you enough because I know you got a busy week. So, thanks for taking time out of that schedule to talk with us, man. No, cool. thank you
3: again. As always, pleasure is mine, especially when we talk about um, movies that we all love. Um, that's always fun. Guys are a blast. And, you know, if there's anything that, uh, anything I can do, um,
2: don't call me. Uh, (laughs) Just remember um, duck boobies and we're good.
0: (laughs) There you go. Uh, We miss anything else, Brad?
2: John, it was a pleasure meeting you in person. Oh, yeah. We finally got to meet in person. Yeah. So, yeah. And thanks for being on. And uh, yeah, Troy. Do your little outro thing.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know if you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or evening. No, you didn't say it right. Listen. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Listen. I don't know if you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or evening. I hope you're having an awesome day. Come back next week. We're going to continue this whole comic book discussion. And we're going to talk about Spawn. Maybe between now and then I'll read an issue of Spawn. I don't know. Might get a little crazy. Uh, But yeah, go watch the film. Come back and listen to us. Share our thoughts on it. We'll check
2: you next week. Don't lose your head.